Hey family, this is Pastor Torre. I'm so glad that you are listening to the Potter's House at 1LA and Denver podcast. Pastor Sarah and I are praying for you, and we believe this message is going to be just what you need. God bless you, and we'll check back in with you after this message. Well, God bless you. As I mentioned, I'm excited about what God is doing today, and, and I've got a word from God, and, and I believe it's really going to be beneficial to you. It's going to build you up, edify you, and continue to give you strategy. You know, last week we started a series called Strategy in the Storm, and I want to I take it a little further today, and if there were an addendum to the, the overarching theme of Strategy in the Storm, today's addendum would be making peace with the storm. And, uh, and I was praying, like, God, give me, show me something in your word that will communicate to us how we ought to be thinking, our, our mentality, what our disposition should be during this time, and what our actions ought to be. And I was praying, and the Lord just dropped Jeremiah 29 in my spirit. And so I want to draw your attention to Jeremiah chapter 29, beginning at the fourth verse. We're going to read the, fourth, the first 14 verses therein. I know it's a lot of reading. Uh, and then we're going to get right into this word. And so, so come with me to, to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I've caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon, he says, build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. And we all know this one. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. In the New International Version, it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. It says thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14, it says, I will be found, excuse me, I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. So much there, we're gonna get into it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. Your word guides us, it feeds us, it teaches us, it leads us. There is safety and security in your word. There's revelation in your word. 
And so, God, I thank you that we're going to feast this morning. We're going to feast today. And, Father, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and insight and knowledge. And I thank you for prophecy and, and full access to the gifts of the spirit that I might be a blessing to your sons and daughters in a way that will edify them, build them up, strengthen them. And so we all will be better as a result of this journey you take us on today in your word. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I think that today I want to really approach this season uh, pragmatically and really to, to help us to understand what our, our posture should be, how we ought to be thinking, and what we should be doing in this season. The Issachar anointing, you know, the, the tribe of Issachar, the sons of Issachar, they were a tribe of the people of God. And one of the things that they had was an understanding of times and seasons, but not only that, but what Israel ought to do. And so today I want to serve as your Issachar. I want to, to attempt to help you to, to make sense of the season that we're in. And then also to give you some instructions on what to do so that we can still prosper in the midst of the storm. Um, and so today is about pursuing the proper mentality, a healthy disposition, and, and actions that we are to take during these times. And so, so in Jeremiah chapter 29, and let me say right now that this that we're reading about in Jeremiah chapter 29 is not the situation that we're in today. It's not. However, there are clues and there are strategies and instructions in the predicament that they found themselves in and the wisdom that God gave them as a result of it. There is a connection between that and where we are now. And there are some truths and some wisdom that we can utilize and understand and perceive so that we can navigate our season and come out on the other side the same way that the children of Israel did when they were faced with one of their many difficulties throughout their journey. So let's talk about mentality first, right? Because I think everything starts with the head, right? As a man thinks, so is he. And so what type of mentality should we have, should we embrace in this season that we're in? I'm going to tell you, pretty simple. The mentality is this, acceptance. This is my new normal is what my mind ought to be saying. Now, let me say right now, is there going to be an end? Absolutely. Will this thing come to pass? Absolutely. Will there be deliverance and, and healing and breakthrough? Absolutely. Will we be able to return to, to some of the things that, that, uh, that, that represented how life was before the pandemic? Yes. But there's some things that will never return to the same. And so we have to embrace this new normal mentality, this, this is, you know, what, what's interesting is if you study this passage of scripture, let me give you some context, and I'll show you how that season and this season are, are very much aligned. In this passage, the children of Israel, who were God's people, were getting ready to go into Babylonian captivity, and, and ultimately the plan of God will be fulfilled 
after, I'll just tell you, 70 years of them being in Babylonian captivity. They were used to having their own things. They were used to being in charge and of how they came in and how they went out. And they, they were large and in charge, but they went through a season where God says, now, I know, I know you're not going to like this, but, but you're going to have to be captives in Babylon for 70 years because I'm up to something, right? It's funny, Jeremiah 29, 11, we all know that, for I know the plans. God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. We all know that passage of scripture, but most of us don't know the context. The reason why God was assuring his children of the fact that he had a plan in place is because they were getting ready to step into a very difficult time. And he wanted them to understand, although you're in a season, and this season is going to be difficult for you, and this season is going to be challenging to bear, I want you to know I've got a plan. There's something that I have in place. My plan for you is to prosper you and not to harm you. It is a good plan and not evil. You have to trust me. The end of this thing, in the old King James, it says, it says I'm going to bring you into an expected end. So God sees the end from the beginning. The way that God moves, the way that God functions, the way that God thinks, the way that God operates is with an end-based mentality. He has an end-based mentality, but we have to go through some things. God oftentimes understands that the end is better than the beginning of a thing, right? So as he's telling them that they're going to have to go through these things, he says, now, I don't want you to resist the season that I'm bringing you into. I'm going to need you to accept it. I know you don't like it. I know you want me to deliver you tomorrow. But that's not going to happen. In fact, he tells them to do five things, which we'll talk about in just a moment. He's, he's going to tell them to build. He tells them to build. He tells them to plant. He tells them to increase. He tells them, it's in my notes. I'm jumping ahead of myself because that's what I do. Uh, I need two or three people in here. If y'all looking at me, I would say glory to God. He tells them to build. He tells them to plant. He tells them to connect. He tells them to increase. And he tells them to find peace. We're going to talk about all those things because those things are practical. But for now, first and foremost, I want to get your mentality intact. You have to accept this season that we're in. You cannot, the same way God had to tell the children of Israel, don't fight going into Babylon. In fact, there were some, some prophets who were ultimately false prophets. They were trying to be prophets of inspiration, and they were basically saying, hey, God's not going to have you go through this. You know, he, he's going to deliver you. You're going to stay there. In fact, he was telling these false prophets, were telling them to fight back, to resist. And God said, I didn't send them. You'll see that in the text. God says, I didn't, I didn't send them. Don't listen to them. I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to go through a storm. You have to go through a season, but I got you. It's going to end, and I got you in it. And watch this. And I've also made provision for you in the storm. And so my mentality has to be, this is my new normal. I have to accept it, knowing that it's going to pass. And then, because once I accept it, I will know how to navigate it. As long as I'm resisting what's happening, as long as I'm, I'm lying to myself about this, this moment that I'm in, 
As long as I'm doing that, then I'm not postured and positioned for wisdom as to how to navigate it. And so that's the mentality. This is, this is becoming my new normal. It's not going to be my new normal forever, but I have to, to embrace the fact that I'm in it, but I am going to win in it, right? And then what, is, what should your disposition be? See, I think that you can have a mentality of one thing, but a disposition, the right disposition will anchor that mentality. So the mentality is, this is my new normal for a season, but my disposition is hope. Because God did not subject me to this season ignorantly. There's a passage of scripture in Romans chapter 8 that I think is really, really powerful. Uh, Romans 8, 20 and 22, you know Romans 8 and from 19 on is one of my favorite passages of scripture. It basically talks about how all of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. And then it says in verse 19, it says, for the earnest expectation, uh, excuse me, uh, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits, that's verse 19, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. And then it says, for the creation, watch this, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. So anything that God allows, he does not allow ignorantly. He does not allow us to be subjected to difficult times and difficult seasons without the element of hope in it. God has an expectation. God knows because he is the creator of everything and the master of the universe, he knows the end. We're in it. And quite frankly, our our, our, our sight, our, our vision, our line of sight is limited, so we have to wrestle to, to have the hope that is necessary in the season to keep going, but God already knows it. He did not allow this ignorantly. He is not in heaven scratching his head trying to figure out what his next move is. His next move has already happened. We just are walking it out. So yes, I understand that I have to embrace this thing. I have to embrace social distancing for a season. I have to embrace not uh, being able to do things the way I used to do things. I have to embrace it. I have to understand that there is a new normal and I have to establish myself in that new normal and, and with, however, not without hope, not without a revelation that God did not do this ignorantly, not without a revelation or not without an understanding that God's got me in this whole thing. Are you tracking with me? And we're going to get into this thing really good. So, so my mentality is that I've got to be established in this new normal. I've got to stop fighting. I've got to embrace it. I've got to do what I need to do to stay safe. I've got to to learn new ways of engaging and getting what I need. I have to figure it out, but I'm no longer resisting it, fighting it, depressed about it. I have to say it is what it is. That's the mentality. This is my new normal, but I do so with hope because I know, I know that God is with me in this. And then uh, in verse 10, something jumped out at me, and then we're going to move into these five things that I want to talk to you about. And these are the things that obviously you're going to do while you're waiting for the, your ultimate deliverance. But verse 10 really blessed me. And you start talking about the thing ending. After God tells them that, you know, you, you're going to have to go through this thing for, for 70 years or so. It says, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed in Babylon, he says, I will visit you and I will perform my good word toward you. I feel that. I will visit you. And I will perform my good word. In other words, there will be 
an undeniable visitation from the Lord. And when it says that I will perform my word, that word perform is a Hebrew word, and it literally means to rise. And so what that means is at the appointed time, at the proper time, Maybe when you think that, 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 there's, that there's no more room, maybe when you think that there's nowhere else to go, at the appointed time, God says, my word is going to arise in the midst of it and bring you deliverance. And so I have hope. I recognize that I'm in it. But God's word is going to show up. There's going to be a visitation at the appointed time, at the proper time, at the perfect time. There'll be a visitation from God, and God will completely deliver me. But while we're waiting on that to happen, from the text, there are five things that wisdom instructs us to do while we're going through this difficult storm. Number one is build. If we go back to the text... He says in verse 5, he says, now, I've caused you to be carried away to Babylon, uh, carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Interestingly, I could not find the word carried away in the Hebrew text there. And so, for me, I believe it means that God says, I allowed it. Carried away has the notion and has the idea that God did it. But that word carry is, not, is nowhere in there. I can't find it. The, whoever the translator was tried to put it in there to give context but, but because it's not in there, for me, that underscores the fact that God doesn't do things to you. Sometimes he allows them, but the only time and the only reason why a good God will allow it is if ultimately the whole would be better in the end. And so he says in verse 4, he says, I caused you to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. But then he says something crazy, right? And this is how we know that God wants us to accept where we are and navigate it strategically. He says, in Babylon, I want you to build houses and dwell in them. Build houses. So God, in the midst of this situation, in the midst of this season, the word from the Lord is, yeah, but I still want you to build. And what's interesting is there's some if you don't understand that there's a strategy in the storm, if you don't understand that, if you don't have that figured out, what that means is you're going to be spending all your time trying to survive. You, you got to catch what I just said. The, the, the main task in this season, let me just let you in on something, and maybe this, this might come off harsh, I don't know, but the main task in this season is not to survive. Yes, absolutely, wash your hands, Practice social distance, you know, wear gloves, masks, do whatever you have to do. Follow the health institution's recommendations on things to stay safe. Absolutely, that's, that's, that's basic. That, that's common sense, right? But God will do the rest. You do your part, let God do the rest. Your number one task is not to survive, it is to build. Oh, God, I feel it. It's to build in this season. He, he doesn't say resist Babylon. He says Go with it, because obviously I'm in it. Trust me in it, and right there where you are, I need you to start building. I need you to build houses and dwell in them. Watch this. You're not going to like this. It's going to seem so, so, so counterintuitive, but listen. He, he's saying, get comfortable. Get comfortable. Build 
get comfortable. You're going to be here for a little while. But I don't want you to stop building. I don't want you to stop building. And, and, and you need to seek me like you have never sought me before so that I can teach you what to build and how to build. I feel the Holy Spirit. It is a time for building. However, you don't know what God desires for you to build. You're going to have to almost forget everything that you know. Oh, I feel the Lord. Paul said something in Philippians chapter 3. He says, forgetting those things that are behind me and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press toward the mark. Listen, even as a church, even as a ministry, we had to say, we, if we were simply stuck in how things were, how things used to be done, we wouldn't be before you today. We had to, because we, re we recognize, we acknowledge the fact that we're in the situation, we had to forget what was behind. I would love to be speaking to hundreds, thousands of people on a Sunday, but it is what it is. I had to accept it, and the moment that I accepted it, creativity came forth to do the new thing. Are you tracking with me? And, and, so, and so, so this is a season for building. You have to forget what you thought you knew and become a student all over again. All over again. This is, this is a rebirth. That's what's taking place in this season. This is a rebirth. And I believe that we are going to be better. We are going to be wiser. We are going to be stronger. We're going to be a better society. We're going to love people better. We're going to take care of our environment better. We're going to take care of ourselves better. I don't think I'll ever go back to washing my hands two or three times a day. Just call me Sir Ashy Hands. I'm going to wash my, even when this thing passes by, I'm going to wash my hands so much, they are going to be white. <laughs> We're going to love our families better. We're going to be more responsible with our resources. We're going to be more responsible with the environment. All these things, we are going to be better. This is a time of the rebirth of humanity in many cases and in many people's lives. God knows what he's up to. And so we have to forget what we thought we knew. Because when we come out of this, I believe with all of my heart, the world is going to be different. You know, I've been studying pandemics. And, and one of the things that, that I've seen happen in most of the major pandemics is that the society that the pandemic ripped through changes. And so the big question now is what should I be building? And you need God and you need insight for that. And so, and so the first thing that we have to do in this season is build. I'm a builder. We, we were created to be builders. And you don't stop building. You just have to build differently. I feel the Lord. We, we can't be lazy. We have to be learners. We, we can't be lazy. We have to be willing to sit in the presence of God and ask God, what am I supposed to build now? You don't want me to simply sit at home doing nothing, watching Fox or CNN or whatever you watch and, and, and trying to figure out. No, no, no. It, it, see, if you do that, life's going to happen to you. But I believe with all of my heart, when this thing passes, those who understood that now was a time to build and not be frightened, but to build and to build wisely, those, there's going to be a shift, and those builders are going to be on top. And so the first thing 
that I believe that God wants us to do in this season is he wants us to build. The second thing that God wants us to do is plant. So if we go back to the text, it says, verse 5, it says, build houses and dwell in them. It says, plant gardens and eat their fruit. I love that. I love that. What's the difference between building and planting? Planting has the expectation of a future harvest in it. See, if you think that, that the world is getting ready to end or you think that you're on your way out, you got, you're not going to. Who invests if they don't believe in a future? I feel the Holy Spirit. Some people now, I feel this is prophetic. Some people are going to make life-changing investments in this season while everyone else is panicking. That's almost not even pre- prophetic. That's just practical. While some people are panicking, thinking about, oh, the world is, is going to end and they're hoarding up things and they're not being generous, helping people or, or doing things. They're just hoarding, just waiting, you know, you know, hunkered down in the house with all their guns, just waiting for the, you know. No, you got some people to understand that this season is going to pass. And some people to understand that with this time that God has given me, I'm going to build. And I'm not just going to build, but I'm going to plant. Planting is to invest. Planting says this storm is going to pass. And when this storm pass, passes, I'm going to come out better than I went in. You got to plant. Are you tracking with me? And it talks about planting gardens, uh, creating sustainability out of what you have which means that I can't have a lack mentality. You've got something right now. I'll say this. God did not put you in this season without seed to plant. I feel God. And some of you, you've got seed in the ground because you've been generous in the past. You've been bringing your tithes and your offerings. You've got seed in the ground. I feel this. Some of you, because you were generous, God set you up in this season And now you have seed to sow. And sometimes the seed sown, sometimes planting has nothing to do with money. I feel God. Some of you are going to plant gifts and talents and insights and skills and things that God has given to you, much like Joseph. And I believe that Joseph is going to find his way into this strategy in the storm series. But, But when I think about Joseph, Joseph didn't have any money, but God gave him a gift. And the gift was the ability to interpret the times. But that gift became his American Express card. That gift became the thing that opened doors for him that no man can shut. And a whole generation was saved, not because he had currency, but he had the spirit of God and gifts of God. I feel this. This is the time for spiritual people. I need you to no longer look down on, on the fact that all you have is the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. If all you have is the Holy Ghost, that is all you need in this season because the Holy Spirit is the currency of the famine. You better catch what I just said. That's all you need. There are keys, like we talked about last week. God has given you keys, spiritual keys, and he's going to allow you to open up things. This is a season not only to build, but it's a season to plant. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God would give you long-term vision, that God would give you vision beyond the storm. I feel this. That God will give you 
strategy, the same way he gave Joseph, and I'll talk about it maybe next week. But God, he's going to give you strategy so that you can use, so that you can plant, you can sow seeds, sow seeds of goodness in this season, sow seeds of encouragement, sow seeds of, of, of generosity, sow seeds of, of prophesying good over things, sow seeds in this season. We got to plant. Because plant says that I've embraced the fact that this is temporary, and if I plant now, my harvest will be abundant. Are we tracking together? So in this season, we got to build. In this season, we got to plant. In this season, number three is we must connect. Let's look at verse six. Verse six, it says, take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters. I love this. He's basically saying that I know that there are memoratoriums on a lot of things right now, but don't put a memoratorium on love. Don't put a moratorium, a memoratorium on light or life. It is safe to love even in a famine. It is safe to love even in a drought. Some of you are going to find your partners. You're going to find your life partners in the storm. See, when you have a mentality that says this is going to pass, then you will begin to, to take husbands and take wives and take spouses and take booze. Now, I'm not saying take anybody. Don't get the preacher wrong today. I'm not talking about that, but, but I'm saying I feel the Holy Spirit. See, it's in seasons like this oftentimes that allows our eyes to see clearly. And sometimes the blessing was right in front of you the entire time, but we were just too distracted with the things that distract us. And so, and so connect in this season. Connect. Don't put a moratorium on love. Fall in love where it's ordained. You're like, preacher, what does this have to do? No, I'm, it's part of it. I'm talking about how to live. God was thinking about it. He's like, take wives, take husbands. Have children, make babies. Come on, somebody. You know that quarantine, boy. Woo! Oh, let me bring it back in. I'm sorry. You know there's going to be some babies. Look, you just mark, let me say, March, come December, there's going to be a whole bunch of babies born in December. You know that, child. Come on, somebody. Let's tell the truth. Some of y'all working on it right now, sitting in bed. Working on it right now. Tell about, oh, I love you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I'll boot up with your girl. Come on, somebody, <laughs> or your guy, or whatever you do, what you do, praise the Lord. All right, so connect. Fall in love where it's ordained. Don't let fear control anything. He is saying get comfortable in the storm. Make peace with the storm. Know I'm with you. Take your precautions, but by golly, live. 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 Resist. The enemy's tactic of isolation. Resist it. And in this season, grow closer to your friends and your loved ones and any associate that's worthy of a real connection with you. Grow closer to them than you've ever been before in your life. Are you tracking with me? So we got build. I'm trying to give you some practical things this week. We're going to build in this season. We're going to seek God. Ask God, Lord, Lord, show me what to build and how to build. We're going to plant. We're going to invest in the right places because we realize that we're expecting a future 
For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. So I am going to plant these things. I'm not going to stop building, and I'm not going to stop planting because I'm going to survive this. I'm going to make it through, and I'm going to come out on the other side, not how I came in, but I'm going to come out on the other side with more because God didn't just call me to survive. He called me to thrive. I'm going to connect. I'm going to fall in love if it makes sense. I'm going to draw closer to my loved ones if it makes sense. I'm going to live. And then number four is increase. I love this. You got to remember the context is God is sending the children of Israel into captivity and he's telling them to build and he's telling them to plant and he's telling them to take wives and husbands and and have children and all this kind of stuff. And then he says something at the end. He says that you may be increased there and not diminished. Isn't that something? See, God's purpose for his children is not for them to be diminished, but for them to ultimately increase. And what that spoke to me is in this season, you're going to birth things here. You're going to birth things here. And the things that you birthed, they're going to remain even when the captivity turns. Because it is going to turn. You're going to birth things. You're going to increase. Have an increased mentality. And I feel the Lord. Have an increased mentality in the midst of this. Don't have a I'm going to be diminished mentality. No, no. I've got an increase. My word says that God didn't allow this season to come upon me to diminish me, but to increase me. I feel the spirit. I want you to receive that right now. That's too powerful a thought and too powerful a truth for you to just let that, oh, amen, pastor, and move on. No, 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 no. Hear me clearly. This is not to diminish you. It is to increase you. I want to prophesy real quick. We got more to do. But, Father, I just thank you for those who are watching right now. And I speak and decree increase. I break every lie that would say I'm being diminished, I'm losing, I'm wasting away. I break that lie right now in Jesus' name. And I decree that you will be like Jesus as he grew up, that you're gonna grow in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and with man. I prophesy right now that increase is your portion in Jesus' name. That was somebody's word. I felt it so strong. So, so God is not trying to, trying to hurt me, trying to diminish me. See, you have to understand that in the economy of God, oftentimes down is the way up. In the economy of God, down is the way up. In the economy of God, oftentimes the setback is a set up for a step up. I'm going to say it again. The setback is a set up for the step up in the economy of God. There's one passage where it says that we are going to take root downward so that we can bear fruit upwards. There's another place where Jesus talks about pruning in John 15. He says the person that bears fruit, I prune, I strip away. Why? So that they can bear forth more fruit. So... If you have the right mentality and the right posture and the right disposition, you will come into the reality that you're not going to be diminished. You're going to be increased. Are you tracking with me?
the, the pressure in this season, if you don't give up, is going to produce the creativity necessary to increase and multiply. The pressure that's in this season right now. My wife talked about apply pressure a couple of weeks ago, last Thursday. The pressure is going to produce the creativity needed to increase and multiply. Hallelujah. See, see, maybe the new normal is to see the blessing and the pressure. Maybe the new normal is to not squirm and say, Lord, please lift this pressure off of me. But maybe it is to say, I was built for this. And what I need to increase, what I need to increase can only happen if it is squeezed out of me. Are you tracking with me? We're going to increase in this season. We're going to build in this season. We're going to plant in this season. We're going to connect in this season. We're going to stay connected. I know we have social distance, but that has nothing to do with connection. We're going to be connected in this season. We're going to increase in this season. I'm just thinking about that pressure and how even the gospel, the gospel could not increase and could not be multiplied until the church experienced persecution and pressure. Until the church experienced the pressure of persecution, she could not grow and multiply and reach the nations. It's normal. This is a setup. Sometimes it seems insensitive, and I know people are dying, and that makes me sad. And I'm hurting for those who hurt, and I'm weeping for those who weep, and I'm praying for those who are struggling. And I don't like it, I'll be honest with you, I don't like it at all. But I cannot deny the reality of the truth. And the reality of the truth is that even in the midst of that, God is at work. Even in the midst of that, death will not have the final say. In fact, that's why Jesus came. Jesus came so that death would not have the final say. Death cannot have the final say. And I, and I just believe in the midst of it, again, without sounding insensitive because I don't, I, 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 that part of it I do hate. And that's why Jesus came. He hated that death part too. And he came and he conquered death because he hated death and loved us so much. He conquered death so that death no longer has the final say. He's got a plan in it. There's an end. I want to run through these quickly. We're almost done. We're going to build in this season. We're going to plant in this season. We're going to connect in this season. We're going to increase in this season. And the fifth thing that we're going to do in this season is we're going to find the peace. So if I go back to the text, and it says in verse 7, after it talks about how we're going to be increased and not diminished. In verse 7, it says, and seek the peace where I've caused you to be carried away captive. Seek the peace. Seek the peace. Seek the peace of the city. For us, in our context, it's the season. Seek the peace of the season, the peace of the season where I've caused you to be carried away and, and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. Seek the peace. Find the peace. Peace in seasons like this is often extremely evasive, but it exists. It says, it, says, it says, seek the peace of the city. In our context, seek the peace of the storm. Did you know that there is a peace in every storm? Every storm, no matter how tumultuous, has a peace in it. I'm thinking about Philippians 4, 
right around verse 8. You know what I'm going to say. Read your whole, but you'll find it, okay? But it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, make your requests known unto God. It says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your mind. And here, God is saying, seek the peace in that season. Peace is going to be our portion. Jesus said things like, these words I speak to you that in me you might have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We have to get to a place where we say it's, it's well with my soul. I don't necessarily like it, but it's well with my soul because I, I trust God. I trust the character of God. I trust, I trust the promises of God. Where is that peace found? I, I think the peace, I think it is found in the promises of God. I think, I think that the peace comes when we really, really recognize and know and, and are fully convinced, fully persuaded, like Pastor Sarah talked about the other night, fully persuaded in who God is, his character, and his plans for us. It says, pray, pray to the Lord, for in its peace, you will have peace. Speak peace in this season. I know there are many things, I'm landing a plane now, I know there are many things that can freak you out in this season. I get it. Trust me. There are many things that you can look at and, and, and you just, you know, you, you're sharing news articles, you're reading the posts. There are many things that could make you, quite frankly, curse this season. Curse this stuff. You know, gosh, and, you know, what's going on and I don't know what to do and, and all of that. But that's not what God said do in the storm. He said, seek the peace and speak peace over it. He said, because when you do that, in its peace, you'll find your peace too. So it has everything to do with what you're saying in this season. Pray to the Lord every single day. God, I'm in this thing. It is what it is. I don't like it. I, I, I wish it would end. But I know, watch this, that it's not going to end one day sooner than what you've preordained. So I'm going to trust you in it. Yes, I'm going to take all the precautions. I'm going to do all that. But in the middle of it, I'm going to sit in it. I'm going to build a house in it. I'm not going to build a house in, in fear. I'm not going to build a house in anxiety. I'm not going to build a house in worry. I'm going to build a house in hope. God, I'm going to weather this season. You know what? I'm going to get comfortable. You know why? Because I know the plans that you know you have for me. And they're good plans. Plans to prosper me and not to harm me, to give me a future and a hope. I'm going to build. Yes, I am. I can't build what I used to build because the world is changing. And quite frankly, I don't think that the world is going to go back to, I pray that the world doesn't go back to what it was before this storm came. I'm going to build. I'm not going to be so overwhelmed with anxiety and fear and, and emotions that I, I don't miss my opportunity to build. I'm going to plant. I'm going to invest in the future 
of this situation. I'm going to invest in the end of it. I'm going to come out on the other side better. I believe that God has called his children in this season to lead. I believe when this is said and done, you know how the word says, and the last shall be first, and the first last. I believe there's some people under the sound of my voice, and, and if you would tally your life, your life in your own mind has been marked by being last, forgotten, overlooked. Even as I prophesied at the beginning of this year, you're going to go from overlooked to can't be missed if you build, if you plant, if you aren't afraid to connect, if you increase, and if you find the peace. There's peace in every storm. You remember Jesus? And there was a storm, and, and the disciples were freaking out completely. And Jesus is in the bottom of the boat, and he is absolutely chilling. In fact, he's chilling so real, he's asleep. Come on, somebody. I mean, sleep. They're frantic. They come with their frantic energy, and they wake Jesus up from his place of peace. And Jesus, to a certain degree, there's, there's language in there that implies that he wasn't too pleased that they woke him up out of his seat. Don't bring your energy into my peace. So he gets up, and he rebukes the wind, and he says, peace be still. Hallelujah. See, I think that even goes to the power that you have. I think that you have power to speak peace even to your own self. David oftentimes had to speak to his own soul. He said, why are you upset? Trust in God. He would literally, you study it in the Bible. It's, like, it's in the 40s, like Psalm 40s. Just read it all the way through Revelation until you'll find it. But he would literally speak to himself. And he would say, oh my, oh, my soul, why are you so disquieted within me? Trust God. You're going to have to speak that peace to yourself. You're going to have to speak that peace to, to those that are around you. And you have to speak that peace to the season that you're in. I speak peace over this pandemic. I speak peace in the midst of this pandemic. I speak Jesus over it all. He is the storm stiller. And I have one final thought. If you're taking notes, write this down. Sometimes, sometimes the stilling of the storm, let me say this right. Sometimes the stilling of the storm begins first with the stilling of your storm. I, I got to say it right. You, your, there's a difference between the storm and your storm. And so sometimes God ends your storm before he ends the storm. Oh, I wish you'd catch what I'm saying. Because, because I can, see, see, you have what's going on outside of me. You have circumstance that's happening outside, and then you have the reality of what's happening inside me. Are you tracking with me? And so God may not stop the outward storm, but God, through peace, can stop the inward storm. Are you tracking with me? What if, what if this whole thing had to do with God developing you in such a way that you will have immunity against difficult times shaking you up? 
I, 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 I didn't say that better. 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 better. Like the same way that your immunity adjusts in a way that you can now withstand ailments, right? The flu used to just wipe everybody out. But we, 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 we evolved and we developed a resistance to it. So now the storm of the flu passes by and it hardly kills anybody where in times past it was devastating. But what if, what if this storm is trying to build something in you so that when the wind blows, so that when the rains come, so that when the floods come and beat upon the house of your life, that house doesn't fall. The Lord can calm your storm before he calms this storm. And that's what I'm speaking to today. The end isn't always a change of situation. Sometimes the end is a change of you. Sometimes the change of you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. God wants you to make peace with this season. I'm not talking about bowing down to a pandemic. We're going to plead the blood of Jesus. We're going to commune, as I mentioned. We're going to be communing all the time. We're going to be fighting back. We're going to be covering ourselves. We're going to rebuke sickness and all that sort of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this season. But what if God wants you to make peace the same way he wanted the children of Israel to make peace about those 70 years in Babylon? So much so he said, hey, don't be listening to them false prophets telling you not to go through this. This is me too. But I'll protect you. I'll preserve you. I'll tell you what to build in this season. I'll tell you what to plant in this season for future harvest. I'll lead you to love. Your life is not on hold. I don't want your life to be on hold. But if you don't make peace with the season, that's exactly what's going to happen. I need you to build. I need you to plant. I need you to increase. I need you to connect. I need you to find peace. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for the love that you have for your sons and daughters, all who are watching, all who are listening right now, you love them. And God, we take confidence in knowing that this thing did not catch you by surprise. That this is not designed, Lord, to diminish us. This is designed to increase us. And God, your thoughts are not our thoughts and your ways are not our ways and therefore it's difficult, it's very difficult to understand and that's okay it is confusing it is hard at times but we trust you when we cannot see your hand we must absolutely trust your heart the same way you told the children of Israel right on the hills of telling them that they were going to be in Babylon in captivity not being able to move about the way that they once did but you told them after that you said but I got you for I know the plans that I have for you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Father, I'm praying that you would give your sons and daughters insight on how to build, 
I pray, God, that you would show them what to build and how to build. Speak to them in dreams at night. Father, I rebuke any dream that doesn't come from you. Any dream that speaks of fear and, and anguish, angst and anxiety. We renounce that right now. You didn't give us that dream. We gave ourselves that dream. But Father, I pray that you would give dreams. And I pray, God, that you would give visions to your sons and daughters. Give them strategy. Show them what to build. Now is the time to plant in the right places, God. Father, show your sons and daughters where to invest, where to invest their resources, where to invest their time, where to invest their talents and their gifts, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give them clarity and accuracy, Lord God. And I thank you that there will be a great harvest for what they invest in. Father, we thank you that we're not afraid to connect. That, Lord, even during a time where we are having to physically be distant, that we will be more intimate than we have ever been before. Father, I pray, Lord God, that people's lives wouldn't be on hold, that love wouldn't be on hold, but that we would embrace one another in a way that this world has never done. Thank you, Lord God. And Father, I thank you that you're going to show us how to increase. But you're going to give us an increase mentality. The Lord is my shepherd, I have no lack. Even in the midst of the famine, I will thrive. Even in the midst of the difficulty, I will thrive. As Joseph is my example. And then, Father, Lord, give us the courage. Allow us to embrace the authority to speak peace to the storm. I speak peace to America. I speak peace to Italy. I speak peace to Hong Kong. I speak peace to every nation. I speak peace in the name of Jesus. Peace. Be still, says the Lord. Now, if, you, if you're connected to this moment with us and you've never opened up your heart to the Lord, I'm going to try to make it as plain and simple as I can. For God so loved the world, that would be you, that he gave Jesus his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now listen to what that's saying. It is saying that, that belief is deliverance, that belief is healing. It is not dogma. It is not religious dogma. You have to think this way. You have to do this. It's not that. It is you and I continuing to come into an understanding of what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to put death to death. That's why he came. That's why it says that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. If I don't believe in victory over death, I will die. If I don't believe in victory over sickness, sickness will take me out. If I don't believe in victory over oppression, then oppression can have its way with me. So believing in Jesus is believing in victory over all of the enemies of humanity, the greatest enemy being death itself. That's what it's not about. God is not trying to twist your arm. He has given you a hope. 
Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so if you're watching me, maybe you've never opened up your heart to the Lord. And truth be told, although salvation from all those things is the greatest thing, one of the most amazing things for me is that Jesus says, and I will come and live in you, and I'll be the best friend you've ever had, and I will lead you, and I will guide you, and I will feed you, and I will impart wisdom unto you. I will change your life, and you will never look back. And so you say, how does it happen? It happens like this. Jesus touches you. And I believe that he's touching some of you right now. He touches you. He stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. And he says, if anyone hears my voice, I will come in. Anyone hears my voice and opens the door. So there's a level of surrender. You got to just say, yes, God, yes. I, I want, I want, I want to be saved from death. I, I want to be saved from fear. I I want to be saved from brokenness. I, I want to be saved from bondage. I, I want that. Yes, I, I want that. Just yes, yes, yes. That's all he's bringing. All he's bringing is victory. That's all he wants to do. And so when you feel that knocking, you might feel it right now. I said somebody's in tears right now on the other side. God just showed me you're in tears right now. And it's God, this is God letting you know that he sees you, that he's got you. And that it's for you. For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a future. This is your moment. This is your moment. Hit us up in the comments. This is your moment. We want to connect with you. I feel it. God sees you. I can't see you, but I see you. Because God has opened my eyes and he's allowed me to see who's on the other side of this message. On the other side of the sound of my voice. He's drawing you. Hallelujah. And he's going to change your life. So all you have to do is open up and say, yes, Lord, I receive you. And he says, I will come in. And I will have an intimate exchange with you. I'll sup with you and you with me. You are not just, just one in a crowd. You are one in a one. I love you, says God. I know everything about you. I know your uprisings, your downsittings. I know your childhood. I know your birth. In fact, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I've loved you since before there was a you. And I've got you. And I'm going to lead you through this season. I'm going to lead you. I just want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. I receive it. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your love. I can feel it. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for making him who had no sin all of mine. You caused him to be all of my weakness, all of my shortcomings, all of my limitations. You placed in his body, nailed it to the cross, and put it to death. And when he was raised from the dead, free and victorious, because I'm in him now, I'm raised up too. Death will not have the final say in my life. 
I thank you that I'm covered. Now, Holy Spirit, fill me up so that I might walk in wisdom, in accuracy, and in power. I trust you, Lord. I'm yours. I surrender. And God, today, I am embracing my new normal. A reality of peace, a reality of power, and a reality of your presence. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. I feel something super special has, has happened today. I believe God is moving. We're going to make peace with the storm. We're going to know that it's going to end. We're going to know that it will not diminish us. It will increase us. We're going to sharpen and heighten our sensitivity to God's voice. We're not going to isolate ourselves. We're going to connect with those that we love. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Potter's House at 1LA and Denver podcast. Pastor Sarah and I pray that you receive this word and that it will bless and enhance your life in unthinkable ways. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and not just to this podcast, but subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. We live literally to encourage and inspire you. God bless you. Until next time.